the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey, and this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. So we've already are celebrating our second Sunday of Advent in an Advent that is going by much too fast, in my opinion. Last week on that first Sunday, I talked about how as we, as we prepare ourselves to welcome Jesus when he comes, and when he comes, we should be rushing to meet him. We should be rushing to meet him at his second coming, because we trust that he is here to take us to heaven. But also we are to be accompanied by good deeds. And those good deeds that we have done are a way to continue to turning our heart to God, continuing to act selflessly instead of out of self-centered desires. But those good deeds also are a way to thank God for what he has done for us, for the blessings of eternal life offered to us at our baptism. And now, as I said, we reach this second Sunday of Advent. And let me once again mention our opening prayer. Almighty and merciful God, may no earthly undertaking hinder those who set out in haste to meet your Son, but may our learning of heavenly wisdom gain us admittance to his company. So once again, we see that we are to set out in haste, that we are to run to our Lord when he comes again. But this weekend, instead of talking about the good works that should accompany us, it's talking about those things that could hinder us from running to meet our Lord and Savior. And what are those things? Well, to put it quite simply, those things are the sin that we commit. 
Sin, generally speaking, is referred to as a turning our back on God, on His commandments, on His expectations for us. And of course, those hindrances can be little ones, or they can be large ones. And of course, I refer to our teaching that says that we have, there are such things as venial sins, those little sins that, uh, that we commit. And then it seems like those are probably the ones we commit the most of, aren't they? We, 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 uh, we talk too easily about someone behind their back. We do these little white lies, at least that's what we tell ourselves, and on and on and on. These venial sins, we believe, can be forgiven through prayer, through doing good works, works of charity, and for coming here and celebrating the Eucharist. We can be forgiven of those venial sins. But the important thing to remember is, yes, they are, shall we say, minor, but the thing is, the preponderance of those venial sins can still have a very deleterious effect to our spiritual life. Each and every sin that we commit, we are hardening our hearts. We are hardening our hearts. And if we have a lifetime of committing those venial sins and not attempting to try to be forgiven of them or not attempt to try to correct them and stop them, we, our heart could become so hardened that at the, our personal judgment when we are asked, will you accept my gift of eternal life? We may say, we may say no. We may reject that gift. And then of course there are the major sins the mortal sins that, are, that the church refers to. Now those sins are, are, are so egregious that they represent us completely rejecting our God, turning our back on God, breaking any unity we have with Him. And the reason they're called mortal, of course, is if we find ourselves in that state and we die, at our personal judgment, we will not be able to accept the gift of eternal life and thus find ourselves totally and completely separated from our God for all eternity. So the church gives us the sacrament of reconciliation as a way to, of course, is the normal way to be forgiven of those mortal sins but it is also used quite frequently to confess those venial sins. Because in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, we have a very personal encounter with Jesus. We confess our sins, we do so with sorrow in our heart, and the priest's response is, I forgive you. You notice I don't say, Jesus forgives you, but I forgive you, because at that very sacramental moment, Jesus is speaking to you. He uses the voice of the priest to say those words of absolution, I absolve you of your sins. It's a very personal encounter with Christ's gift of mercy that he won for us by dying on the cross.
And so people use it both to, to be forgiven of the mortal sins, but also to be forgiven of their venial sins as a way to continue to experience Christ's love and mercy. You know, yesterday morning, we had, uh, I had over 40 of our second graders celebrate reconciliation for the first time. Their candles are here on the around the baptismal font, and you'll see those more clearly as you come forward for communion. And of course, when we start, I always ask, are they nervous? Yes. Um, I had asked them, are they scared? One girl said yes, and I said, what are you scared of? She says, I don't know. And I said, are you scared that I'm going to yell at you? No, good, because I'm not. Are you scared because I'm not going to forgive you? No, that's good, because that's not going to happen either. But of course, it is their first time. It is the excitement and the nerves of experiencing the unknown for the first time. Now, I told them I cannot say anything that happened in the confessional, but this happened after the uh, prayer of absolution, so I will share this little part. So after the prayer of absolution, one of our second graders said, well, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> Good. But then he immediately said, I love the sacrament of reconciliation. If we could only bottle that kind of enthusiasm to experience Christ's mercy, I probably would have to hear confessions for hours and hours and hours on end. But I mention all this because we do have an opportunity this coming Wednesday. Our Advent penance service is here at Our Lady at 7 p.m. And it's an opportunity to prepare your hearts to meet the Lord when He comes by getting rid of those hindrances in your life, the sin you have committed, and that prepares you to be able to run with haste to meet our Savior. And so, my dear friends, as we continue today's celebration of the Mass, we thank our Lord for the gift of His Son, and we thank Jesus for giving up His life on the cross so that we can experience his gift of divine mercy in a very personal way and thus remove those hindrances that prevent us from running to meet him when he comes again.